Hello, and welcome to Stream Theory. I am... We're still calling this Stream Theory, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is Stream Theory. Uh, I'm Jackson. I run the YouTube channel Skip Intro. And uh, on the other line, I guess the first line, because this ends up going up on your YouTube channel, yeah. uh, is Thomas Flight of Thomas Flight. Uh, hello, Thomas. How are you? Hi. Uh, we, I think we can keep calling it Stream Theory, even though it's basically a succession podcast at this point. Uh, HBO sh shilling. Yeah, yeah. We decided to, to rename it this year. We, we had a discussion in one of our back channels. We de we've decided to switch from shilling uh, Netflix to shilling HBO. Um, so we are HBO shills now. Yep. Um, I made my list of uh, top 10 shows of the year, and five of the top six were all on HBO. So... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't argue with uh, with quality. So, no, and they had Dune this year too, which you know has great been movie. great for you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, no. yeah. So we're here to talk about the third season of Succession because it ended last Sunday, and Monday rolled around, and we were like, "Man, it feels weird that we're not talking about Succession every Monday." Let's do it. Let's do it anyways. So we're going to talk about it today, and we're going to yes. talk about the whole third season. So I assume there will be some some spoilers. Um, let's call this your spoiler warning. Um, happy holidays to everyone who's listening, by the way. Uh, whatever holidays you celebrate. Um, I wonder if we'll ever get like a Christmas episode of Succession. That would be kind of weird. <laughs> like a Christmas special. It's just like <laughs> the well, they Roy's... had the Thanksgiving episode the first year, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then they kind of just yada yada past <laughs> Christmas <laughs> and all other holidays, really. But Thanksgiving yeah. was a definitely happened in the in the universe. Um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about Succession's. Uh, I don't know about you, but I thought it was excellent third season. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I have it as my, I thought it was the best show of the year and, um, best TV. Yeah. yeah. Best TV I watched all year easily. Like there was no other show that I watched where like I was anticipating Sunday rolling yeah. around because succession was going to be on. Uh, and I didn't feel that way about anything else this year. So it's, it's weird because I've been looking at a lot of critic top 10 lists because I don't know. I'm like. A masochist i guess but um they all are putting like succession lower like it's all in the back half of the top 10 and i'm i think matt zoller sites is the highest i saw it he had it like four and i was like that's i'm surprised I, I just am not i'm surprised that people are seem to be like lower on it i haven't been like as plugged into the conversation about season yeah. three as i was with seasons one and two because i did i recapped all of the episodes um and it, it was just too much to do that and also keep up with what everyone else was saying. So I was losing my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Where but, do you want to start? We both love it a lot, and I think there's a lot to talk about. So apologies up front, people listening to this slash watching this, if this conversation gets a little uh, scattered. But, yeah, there's a lot of different things to cover. Where to start? Um, uh, I think... Since we last talked, we talked about the premiere of season three. Um, okay, yes. And uh, I think you put out your video since then. Is that correct? Yes. I put out a video after the first two or three episodes. Yeah. Let's maybe hit um, like broad strokes, succession season three. Is, sure. Did this like change the way you think about the show and the story and what it means? Or did this just kind of confirm 
everything you were already feeling about what succession is um i think that it kind of solidified what i was thinking um so i rewatched the show uh coming into season three i rewatched seasons one and two i think that the show hits really differently once you know the direction everything's going in yeah because one of the things that they're really good at is kind of hiding all the characters motivations but once you figure out what they end up doing you can kind of reverse engineer and you're like, oh, they were planning that way back here. Right. But we didn't know that because we didn't know what they were going to end up doing. Yeah. Um, so we'll that, talk about that, that more that... later in, in the finale. There's a super like obvious lead in to what ends up being like the twist kind of. And like yes. in hindsight, you're like, oh, we should have all seen this coming. But it's it managed to surprise, I think, most people in, anyway. I was I that surprised me because I'm usually awful at seeing things coming and I was like I saw that one coming a mile away and I was like <laughs> very proud of myself that nobody else. anyways um, <laughs> I think that it kind of solidified it um, in terms of I think that this if if I remember watching the first season it didn't really click for me that it was like a great show until like the seventh episode um, and then I liked I thought all of season two was great. And going back, I think you realize that the beginning of season one is maybe better than you thought, but it takes you a little while to get into it. And season three, I felt like, was right where season two left off. I didn't feel like there was any, um, I didn't feel like there were really any bad episodes this this season. Um, just like I didn't really in season two. There were ones that were obviously better than others, but um, it was kind of, I don't want to say formulaic, um, because it does keep you on your toes, but it was very much in line with the two seasons that we had already seen. Yeah. In yeah. that it kind of centers around one of the kids who is picked as this heir apparent. Um, first season it was Kendall, second season it was Shiv. This season it kind of materializes into being Roman. And they kind of have this rise and then they epically humiliate themselves and uh in in public, and that kind of hurts. And then there's an attempted coup that falls apart. Um, and I'm interested to see where things go from now. What that like, look like is, for Connor. <laughs> yeah, is that is, are we going to see a Connor season? Or are we going to start transitioning into, if you think of this as like a Shakespearean five-act play? I think right. Brian Cox has been on the record saying that he doesn't think it'll go past five seasons. So if you think of it that way, was this kind of the climax of the of the whole story and now we're going to pivot into more of an end game situation right one of the things i've been thinking about a lot this season is um when i was reading they were thinking about killing off uh logan roy at the end of season one and quickly realized that that was stupid and they shouldn't do that um but at some point like you do have to like try and succeed him because that's like the the title um and are you going to do two seasons where he's I was wondering if that might be the end of this season and you're doing like two right. seasons of succession or of succession of succeeding, whatever. <laughs> um, or if you're going to do just one at the end, does that feel funky? If you just have the one season that's no Logan? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what did, what did you think? <clears throat> um, I, uh, love the season as well. I think, uh, some of my favorite episodes of the whole show were in this season. I think my memory is a bit spotty. I rewatched season one, but not two before going into into this season. Yeah. Um, and uh, or I watched pieces of season two, but not not all of it. Um, and uh, there were there was like uh, I this 
seasons felt a little bit more spotty to me. Like there was a few episodes where I was like, you know, that was kind of weird. Uh, some of that might have had to do with like how they were limited by COVID in production, which I was. I think uh, it definitely felt that way for the first seven episodes. Yeah. Until they get out to Italy. Um, I was reading some stuff about that and it sounded like uh, that played a big role, even how they even in how they were able to stage things like one of the things the show does that's kind of unique is like they will often have a big room just like full of characters and they'll just kind of shoot it and the cameras are like moving between characters and there's a bunch of wide shots of like everybody just standing around or walking around um and there was places where some of that was maybe a little bit more absent because they had to just kind of like here's your close-up of this character here's your close-up of this character and they did it in a way that still like felt natural and fit within the structure of the show it didn't it wasn't ever like obviously awkward um, yeah. But I think, you know, some of those limitations were felt in that the show didn't feel quite so as freewheeling to me um, as as some of the past seasons have. But I think they did a great job in spite of that. And, you know, they can't really be blamed for the, the circumstances yeah. they're operating in. So um, I think the rooms got like smaller. Yeah, that was something that I noticed. The, the rooms were still there. But like in the episode where they're picking the next president, like. You still have that room where they're all talking at each other, but it's only like seven characters instead of like uh, like an Argestes episode yeah. um, back in season two where it's like an entire conference and everybody's walking around and we're like – or the, the, the dinner with the Pierces and the Roys, which yeah. was like yeah. 20 people or whatever. Um, so they were – yeah, I, I agree. And they were more – they felt more like bottle episodes. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um. In terms of in terms of story, though, I definitely liked the direction everything went. Um, you know, I like that we got uh, a little bit more um, Roman. Like it, this felt like a genuine arc for him. Uh, you know, so his character got a little bit more developed. I feel like he got to graduate from just like the guy who was always with the witty. Jo inappropriate jokes all the time to like having an actual arc um and not that that's like totally non-existent in in the other seasons but he definitely felt like more back burner for me in the past uh and here like his arc is kind of the emo i mean he's competing with kendall as being like the primary emotional arc but it's he's definitely kind of front and center especially towards it's one of the, the more end. engaging arcs for sure yeah um so I like that we delve a little bit more into his character. Um, and uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Greg and Tom and their arc. And we, we got to see more of them and them kind of develop. So uh, I think like... Could have had more Greg this season, I think. We could have maybe had more Greg. I think, uh, interestingly, like, I love Greg, but like Tom's, Tom's arc in a certain way is very... Uh, has become very important to me in the show. Um in that, like, uh, there's there's an interesting dynamic, the dynamic between him and Shiv and their relationship and how he's trying to kind of, like, it, the show is, this is getting into some other stuff, but this will be chaos, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> um, if the, the show, and one of the things it does so well for me is, how it lays out like these human relationships that are very flawed and the complicated nature between them. Like the obvious one is Logan and all his children and their relationship to 
um, to their father and his relationship to them. But then you also have like their relationship to each other and uh, like Tom's relationship to Shiv and then Tom's relationship to Greg and the dynamics of each of those and sort of just like, it's weirdly like the show's about so many things, um, capitalism, climate change, all these things that you've pointed out, like, but uh, I, I think one of the things that makes it so compelling for me is the way that it portrays these, like, uh, the dynamics of dysfunctional relationships. Um, yeah. And I think, oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say one of the things that was most difficult for me when I was recapping each week. So every week I would watch the first, I would watch the episode once, no notes. And then I'd sit back and I would like think about it for a day and then I'd watch it again and take notes. And then I'd try and write my recap. And each week, I became more and more anxious about the first watch I would do of each episode because I was like, this show is about so many things, and I don't feel like I'm doing any of the things justice by focusing on any of them. Like, right. like I would just felt so intimidated by all of the different things it was talking about. Because, yeah, it is about capitalism. Yeah, it is about, um, you know, climate change in regards to that. But it's also about politics. It's also about language. It's also about uh, families. It's also about, like... I don't know, a billion different things. And I feel like the only thing that really captures all of those things together is the show itself. So anytime you like try to remove that and you try to just talk about the show, you end up losing some of the stuff right. that is what makes the show yeah. so great and is very um, difficult. I don't know. Let me here. I have a question. Maybe this will like kind I of love questions. give us a construct through which we can like try to narrow all the different things we want to say. Um, is there, of all those things... So you just said you don't want to do this, but okay, I'm going to ask so we're going to do it anyways. Okay, so cool. like of all those things, of all the different, like the different things it's trying to say, the different ways, tools the show is kind of utilizing to talk about the things it's, it's talking about. Was there anything in particular, like a certain scene or a certain like arc within the show or episode or like something that just really impressed you or stood out to you or you were just like that in particular was, I thought really smart or clever or whatever i felt like this was the first season of the three that i felt like i started to understand logan as a character okay. as opposed to just like a plot device yeah i felt like the first two seasons he's kind of just like he's just there all the, he's just like god essentially like yeah. he doesn't ever mess up or if he does he fucks you anyways and uh like he's just unbeatable and you don't really know what he's, why he's like bullying his kids, really. Like, the, especially in the first season, it's just like, why are you such an asshole? And the second season, I think, you know, that final shot where you see him kind of smile at Kendall's testimony or press conference, I think you start to get it. And this whole season, I felt like in seeing him try to groom Roman for the top job, yeah, I felt like I got a better sense of him and his idea of, kind of i wrote in one of my recaps that i kind of feel like he's uh emperor palpatine from the the last star wars movie the rise of skywalker when he's like i want you to strike me down because if you strike me down that means that you're evil and filled with hate and that means that i basically win because you're me right. now and yeah, you take yeah. my place and i feel like that's what he is he wants to like bully his children into a survival of the fittest yeah 
it's like this very Darwinian uh, capitalist idea of parenting or family relationships. And he's like, I will craft you into me. And that way I will be immortal because you will be me. Um, and one of the things that he keeps running into is the fact that he has bullied his children and has the, his very process makes it impossible for them to become him. Right. Like the way that he is constantly bullying and humiliating Roman has given Roman this like weird humiliation kink that he just like cannot relate to on any level. And like, he even tries, which is one of the most like interesting things of the yeah, series yeah. of the season. <laughs> Is he's he's like is this like, you're is this like a domination thing like you you're trying to be like fuck you here's my dick or like make you, make, he's always saying uh the the phrase that he always uses is like make them bend for it bend for me or whatever um, which is obviously like this sexual uh, dominance uh, imagery that he's conjuring and he's like trying to relate Roman sending a dick pic to Jerry that way right and. Roman isn't like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, totally foreign. And it's so foreign to him that he's just like, yeah, fuck it. Uh, you're not going to be it either. I will go outside the family. I'll outsource it. I'll find someone else who's uh, just as ruthless as me, who hasn't had the same upbringing. I, I feel like eventually we'll understand what Logan's upbringing is because we know that it's he was probably bullied like crazy too. Right. Uh, yeah. All those scars on his back. And, and any illusion we get to, like, his father is – or uncle is not not great but um yeah i think that that's what really really stood out to me about this season um what about what about you how would you what was the thing that really captured you out of all of those those concepts that um what did you finally come around you think that it's about climate change is that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, convince you um i mean i definitely i i think i think I love especially your uh, you talking about the kind of theme of uh, failing bodies, and um, I think climate change is definitely a theme that runs through it. But he's also, a climate denier. Also, very present is just the like yeah the hit, Logan's impending death and everybody's health and and that at being that being like the one thing the one threat that's really left to them, like you know, their own mortality. It's like they have everything, you know, so like what is left that could that could actually harm them uh, as, you know, the 1% or wealthiest people. Uh, so I think I think those elements are very interesting. Um, I don't well, I think there's one other thing that is that did maybe rear its head in this in this season. Um, and it has kind of been in the background going back to the second season probably yeah probably starting in the second season which is like the there is like they do they do like start to gesture a little bit more i feel like at some kind of reckoning uh that isn't just them dying like i think that they are a little more worried this season about political ramifications for their actions yeah yeah um in the final episode um lucas matson tells that story about the slaves and how they didn't want the slaves to be able to recognize each other and join up against them yeah back in the second season there was that episode where antifa protesters were outside uh atn um and they thought that they like got in the building but it was just it was just a suicide don't worry yeah, yeah. um but 
I, I think that there is something to that that is like I, I don't think you can underestimate the show's when it like burbles stuff up like that in the background because it tends to as I'm sure we'll talk about with the finale, it tends to actually have weight to it. Like yeah, they don't yeah. really waste any time with those things. Um, but I still think that the big thing is, you know, failing bodies for sure and failing yeah, health yeah. and addiction and, and all that yeah. stuff. Um, no, those are, yeah, those are great points. That stuff is, is present there. And that's one of the, that's one of the amazing things about the show is that it's so committed to a perspective Um which is is uh which is great like it's it doesn't it doesn't do these maneuvers of like oh we're gonna fly outside of the perspective of these characters to remind you that by the way other stuff is going on in the world it's like we remain on the ground with these characters and and you know there's stuff happening kind of just in the periphery and they're, they're maybe trying to like brush it away or ignore it or like not look at it um but it's present it's still present to them and it kind of reminds you of like what is happening outside of the world that these characters kind of contain themselves in the wall that they put up um the real world uh i think the first episode does that little flyback where it's like hey they're all watching the news or whatever um but like that's the only time the show ever i i think does that kind of maneuver where it's like we're gonna leave the 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 perspective of the characters that you're with i think Um, that has to do with the fact that those first two were directed by adam mckay yeah yeah and i feel like the show has obviously owes a ton to adam mckay's like direction and style and like it feels very much in the in the vein of like the big short yeah um, and but not it, just because Jeremy Strong's in both. Right. But also I think that uh, the guy who directs like most of the episodes is is Mark Mylod. Yes. And his – I feel like it does feel slightly different than those first two episodes. Like they're not doing the pop zooms quite as much. As much, yeah. It's evolved. Um, and it, it just feels like a little more nuanced, I guess. I feel like that's the, the thing that really stands out to me is it has such a distinct perspective. And it really offers like a lot of – nuance to these concepts that are like i don't know like it would be it would be one thing or super easy for them to be like oh capitalism's bad right and like i feel like we kind of saw that with like a squid game this year yes but it is like that doesn't really (sighs) explain like our place in it which is one of the things that i think succession is really good at doing is it is confronting you on your place within the system because you do identify with all these characters, but it's also not like it's empathetic to you. It's like, you didn't choose to be born to Logan Roy. You didn't choose to be born in America or have this whole like capitalism structure or whatever. But I mean, you are profiting from it, but you didn't choose it. So like you're in a difficult place and I get that, but also like that doesn't mean you're beyond commentary. And I think that that's one of, I think that's like so difficult to navigate even like in conversations of like political spaces, like people who talk about like these kinds of philosophies for a living, like they, I feel like they struggle to deal with these, that kind of nuance. And the show is just like fully immersing you in it. Yeah. Like you hate, you, you love Tom. We love Tom. Tom is great. Tom is also 
literally cited in the final episode as a man who is making money off of quote unquote turning on the bigot spigot right <laughs> and yeah. like destroying america through atn yes like he's a terrible person yeah. but he's also like i don't know he's also at the mercy of other terrible people yeah and uh and and his wife doesn't love him so i don't know <laughs> i think it, the, the show does an excellent uh, job at doing this maneuver of like you know the, the it's the about this the struggle at the top of this huge media company that's incredibly wealthy and very influential but that struggle is really just a about like some kids and their dad like some kids like trying to gain the approval of their father which is this very like universal like theme you know, it's this very human thing. Uh, it's what the it's what all the memes have become about, right? Yeah, Julia, earn a kiss from daddy, <laughs> <laughs> and and it does that in a lot of ways. Where it like it takes these like these, I think that's the primary tool it uses to like find that empathy. Uh, you know, even though they're terrible people, even though they're way out of touch with like the lifestyle most of us live in this country, it's like we can empathize with them because they're still dealing with these, you know, human issues that, and, and it kind of paints this portrait of how a lot of the ills, quote unquote, of society um, are kind of these like weird extensions of like, you just take human problems, basic human things that we struggle with, and you like blow them up to this society scale. Um, this is not a unified field theory of what's wrong with society. I don't necessarily think this applies to everything. I'm holding you to this. I think, I think to some extent it's true where it's like you take little human problems and you blow it up to a society scale and then you have climate, you know, it's like you, you have one person trying to, to uh, one person trying to get their dad's approval is just one person trying to get their dad's approval. Five billion people trying to get their dad's approval is climate change or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're definitely onto something where it's like these, the hierarchy of Logan and his three children is really just like the smallest unit of the entire Waystar uh, company right. where it's, it just keeps branching out from there. Yeah. And as many, as many, I think you kind of one of the things I think the show maybe uh, if I have a critique or it's not even really a critique, but one of the things I think the show doesn't show or struggles with is showing how that continues to branch out. Um, and I think that they try to do it with Greg um, and you get it in that last episode when he's like, can I have maybe my own Greg's? Right. And he's yeah. like, you can have 20. And I think one of the things that gets lost because we're focused so much on this family and these individuals, which I think has enormous benefits. Like I think that there's a ton to be said for how well that these characters are constructed and all the different ways we're able to empathize with them. And there's a lot to be said for that, but I think they kind of lose that, um, the even further structures. Like when they make a decision, we don't see like all these people get laid off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't see that, and I don't even know how you would do that if that's even possible. Right. Um, because that's just so many moving parts. Like, yeah, you'd have to make 
the show about because then like each one of those people who got laid off has their own little tree of family which also includes like maybe they're the logan of their family they're just way less successful but they yeah. worked at waystar and their kids also hate them but they're also looking for, you know what i mean and it kind of reminds me you'd have to make it like you made the wire right um right. <clears throat> but i feel like there are there's pros and cons to both i would i would argue i think in this case, you don't have to do that because that storyline is just like our lives. Like we are like the people around yeah. us are the ones watching ATN and getting laid off and like doing all those things. That story is just like the society we see around us. Um, and so I think the show does an interesting thing by focusing in on this little like here's the peek behind the curtain to see like the the, you know, you're the trickle down or whatever you're the branch you're like level 20 on the branch watching this show and like let's go all the way back up to the top and get a glimpse of what that looks like um and i think there's a benefit i mean it's it's a tr everything's a trade-off because you have a li limited amount of time um yeah and some of the benefit of like staying contained to these characters is that it gets to portray those characters and the dynamic between them in like a higher resolution than I think the show could if it was having to like show all those ramifications and um and stuff like that and like you said i think it does do a good job of like keeping those things present in our mind by how it integrates them into sort of the fringes and the periphery of the story um so many things are coming to my mind so i have okay uh, <laughs> um one being related to these we, we we mentioned sort of adam mckay and mark Mylod, I think Jesse Armstrong is also really responsible for some of those elements in the show Absolutely. and his yeah. in like coming from like in the loop and veep and like that I've started to see the influence of him more so on the show as it goes on in just how you like kind of hang out with this group of characters and see them like evolve over time yeah. and um, I don't think I think he's the sh I mean he's the showrunner for Succession but he's weirdly like doesn't get enough credit. For yes. It. Yeah. A lot of people um, I've heard, I keep hearing not necessarily from you, uh, but I keep hearing people like refer to it as like Adam McKay's show. And it's like, that's, it's really, yeah, it's really not. It's a common misconception with TV. Um, the same thing happened with lost and everyone called it JJ Abrams show right, because yeah. he directed the pilot and then famously skedaddled on the entire, <laughs> on the entire project and left uh, a man who had never run a show before to, just in Damon Lindelof, and he was yeah. like, I was just by myself. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, so shout outs, shout outs to Jesse Armstrong. That, that was my only point there. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, related to what we were talking about with um, empathy and the dynamic between them, and like Tom being so likable and so terrible is like. One of the things that really stuck out to me this season, I, I've thought about it in the past with other seasons, but it, it is really in the forefront here, um, is like the show does such a great job of getting you to align with people because of how it manages conflict, but then it really does not give you satisfaction in terms of how um, it, like, how it'll, like, give you a little bit um, for a character that maybe you've been rooting for or something, but it does so in a way that like removes any joy <laughs> that you might have had <laughs> in that, uh, in that, okay. and we'll get okay. into, we can get into yeah, this. Give me an example of that. 
I would give me give me a specific. So now. okay, so th- the clearest example of that in this season is Tom's arc. So I think like one of the reasons you side, I think a lot of people feel like they're on Tom's side is because like if there's a bad guy, it's Logan Roy. It's like they're all bad, but like Logan Roy is the supreme bad guy in the show. He's he's the baddest of them all, um, and so we kind of inherently like want to align ourselves or want to root for the people who are like going after him um to some extent and so that's, that's why, why we picked kendall in the first season right yeah. that's why kendall kind of feels like the protagonist because like he's the most sort of like from the beginning anti-logan kind of character so playing it since he was four yes um and so i think and i think we align with we feel sympathy with tom because he's getting beat down by shiv uh, not physically but emotionally for like most of the show um I don't know. I don't know if we talked about it in the last one, but to me, she seems like the clearest reflection of like a continuation of the emotional abuse she, in a certain way, the emotional abuse she received from Logan. And also we find out more in this season from her mom. She kind of turns around and projects onto, um, onto Tom. Tom. They all do that in a twisted way with the people around them. But like with Shiv, it's, it's, the clearest in a certain in a certain way and tom's on the receiving end of that and uh you know we see that the entire episode and we're like kind of rooting like you just want him to like stand up for himself the entire season it's like yeah dude just do like do something like you, you can't just keep like he he even comes to this realization in season two where it's like this is not a good situation i need a and, and you're like let's yeah. go like in the beginning of season three is very much he's like more in control and he i don't know it feels like he is kind of standing up for himself and then right. you kind of see him backslide and you're like oh no. yeah and so yeah. the entire time i'm just rooting for tom i'm like do something stand up for yourself improve your situation or whatever do and something. he and he does he does he does that in the finale of season three and it's to screw over everybody else. So like, so there's multiple things going on. It's like you want Logan to be taken down. You want Tom to stand up for himself. And one of those undercuts the other. So it's like you finally get to see Tom sort of like make the move, betray Shiv, do these things. And it's like it's in a way that takes away the satisfaction of that. Also, another example of this um, Logan that's a that's a great point uh there's this tension in the show that exists where you kind of want to root for like the siblings to take down Logan because he's the baddie but you also see how totally screwed they are by this desire for um succession like Kendall's the perfect example like this is obvious the struggle to like take control of the company is obviously like a super toxic element of his life. And um, and so you're kind of rooting for him to succeed because you want somebody to take out Logan. You want somebody to like put Logan in his place, you know, show Logan that he's kind of, he's wrong or just yeah. displace him in some way. But like for Kendall, it seems like the process of trying to do that is like destroying him. And there's a certain sense in which I think... Um, you're you're like it would it like if they flirt with it towards the end here where it's like dude just get out like take the money and go that would probably be the best thing for him like he'd be healthier if he just left 
And, I do want to push back on that. Okay, I'll, when, I'll when let you're you. You're done with your thought. When but, you're done with your point, yeah. Yeah, let me. So I think there's a sense in which, like, when you get to the point where it's like, okay, Lo- Logan is looking at selling the company, and just like, you know, cutting off all his kids from succession, and or at least the three, and uh, just going away. It, I feel very conflicted about that because it's like, on one hand uh that's a move against them and he like wins by doing that and so it's like ah like he the bad guy is winning and so i feel bad about that i don't want that because i want them to take him down right but on the other hand there's a feeling of like that's almost the best thing he's ever done if like that's that that would almost be the first good thing that he it's almost the first good thing he's tried to do in the show which would just be like put an end to the whole thing and just like like let your children like go of the i don't know so yeah 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 um, the show is filled with those kinds of like poetic undercuttings of of itself right uh, yeah for sure so so uh, you finally get like the three I, i'll wrap it up and then I'll let you respond take your time take so you your finally time. get to the th- the three kids are like they're going in finally you're like yes they're united they're going in to take him down like roman's finally ready to stand up against his dad all these things like you're like cool this is great but it's they're doing it almost in a sense like to rescue this thing that's like destroying them it's like like they they're going in like he's finally the whole time they're fighting for succession and i i don't know that that point is maybe um no, no, more complicated I hear, I hear than I can fully flesh out. But I think it's like there's there's a very clear tension to me there between like, oh, here oh, you're rooting for these characters to accomplish something? Well here here, have that, but we're gonna give that to you in such a way that like makes it makes you be like, ooh, I don't know if it's actually good if they accomplish that. Um, yeah, or like the fact that, you know, one of the things that keeps holding them back throughout the entire show is that they are competing with each other right and yes. they finally are working together yeah. and you're like oh together you guys can definitely do this and it, it's an idea that is floated constantly in the show right like they're i don't know even just this season like the first second episode of this season kendall's like if we all work together we'll kill him and right. we will take over and we also should do that for the company because x y and z yeah and they don't want to do it because they're afraid of logan and when you see them all finally be like, you know what? No, we do need to stick together because it is our only way forward. And we aren't afraid of him anymore. Or rather, we are afraid of him, but we are together. We're going to overcome that. So that's like very galvanizing. Um, but you also feel like, I don't know. There's a part of me that watches the show that is like totally on Logan's side where he's like, no, these people are bad at business. Right. Like they just aren't, (laughs) they're going to sink themselves if left to their own devices. Um, And I mean, I feel that way about Logan too, except he just seems to randomly have the track record of like, it just seems to work for him. Like he's, he's borderline magical bully. Um, I did want to push back on this idea because I do hear this a lot from, from, critics or from like you or other friends or something where they say that like Kendall being in the business is like very bad and at a certain level I for him 
individually right like yeah. his, his, his mental personal health. well-being yeah and at a certain level i get that right um because i do think that the show well i don't want to speculate on what i think the show is doing because it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh but they're definitely indicators of that right yeah um but i also feel like his lowest points have been when he is most at odds with his father um and been right. on the outside looking in the the time that he goes he's clean when we meet him in the show and he's on the inside of the company yeah and he doesn't delve back into drugs until he gets fired by his dad yeah and tries to execute the bear hug which is very confrontational season two he is very depressed and you know there's a lot to be said for him not dealing with um the manslaughter thing very well but he does seem like the most stable um of like the he seems more stable in season two than he does in season three three. yeah yeah um and it's partially because like logan actually trusts him and he has like a defined role i feel like that is the thing that kendall really needs is a defined role um, I'm, I think back to the episode where is like, uh, the fourth episode of safe room of season two, um, which is overshadowed with like these, like every once in a while they'll cut back to Kendall, like going up to the roof and like thinking about jumping off. But he also is like in charge of Logan's like meds and he is, he, and he's talking to Shiv at the end when he thinks that Shiv is going to be the successor and he's like, I just hope that you find a place for me because I don't know what I would be without right, this job. Yeah. And then I think we kind of see what he would be without this job in season three, which hits like it's nadir at his birthday party when he just literally doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. And he's totally depressed until Shiv is like, we need you to help take down dad. And yeah, we have yeah. a defined role for you as chair and part of this thing. And that gets him like... He's he literally like, like snaps, snaps out of his depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that, that there's like issues with that too. But right. I feel like I feel like there is kind of a false narrative here that that the business itself is a drug, because um, I, I think that it is. But I also think that these characters are they, they don't have anything else meaning in their life nothing else means anything to them yeah, yeah their families don't mean anything kendall can't even remember where his kids are uh like ever it's like this running gag in this season where he's just like where are my kids where are my kids uh roman can't do literally anything other than business uh he can't have any kind of emotional or sexual or romantic relationship with any other human being shiv is she has a husband, but she treats him like an accessory. Right. And I feel like they just don't have anything if they don't have this this job. This Which business. is all you just gave me an, a great pitch why none of them should be anywhere close to running a like all of them. <laughs> and, and this is this is like this is like treating it as like if these are real life people, like not right. not television show characters, which I think reveals the the conceit of the show to a certain degree, which is that like if Kendall what you just described is like, yeah, you know, within the the world of the show, Kendall is doing better when he's in the company and these characters have their purpose grounded in trying to take over and run this company. And, you know, if there's, there's a sense in which like probably, you know, if Logan just keeled over and the three of them got to run 
Waystar together, and like they would probably Which would last all of like a week, right? And then they would be at each other's throats. They'd again. be at each other's throats, but they'd probably be better, slightly better off then than they are like now in the show. Um, but like then you'd still have those three people running a huge media, you know, powerhouse, whatever. As it's yeah. like it, it, there's like this false conflict of like. In I feel like in our minds as viewers, we can construct this like we enter into this world where it's like it's like a media conglomerate deathmatch like, you know, yeah, and we you choose yeah. your character and you root for them. But it's like there's a fault there. I think this the feeling we have sometimes as a viewer that like the solution is take down if they can just take out the bad guy and take the company they like that's that's a false re- resolution that doesn't yeah. actually solve any of the problems that these characters are dealing with within the show so that's there's kind of there's like this there there's the conflict there's like that superficial conflict that fuels a lot of the show and and is part of what makes it fun to watch um but that is ultimately like the the conflict of them psychologically as characters that are like dealing with interpersonal struggle is not going to be resolved by who succeeds yeah well and i think i think one of the things that the show does really well um and and you know shameless plug for my video here but i think that i think that the the question the show is really trying to get you to ask is not who should succeed but like should anyone really right like who's gonna win this is not really important but like what should anyone and i think that there's like a very interesting parallel to be drawn here between this and like the way the media covers politics um in that all of it seems to be about horse race politics in that it's like who's going to win the next election who's going to win what are the polls who uh what do people think of the polls and it's like all of these just like opinions uh opinion and 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 never at any point does anyone ever stop to be like I don't know like this, what would actually yeah, yeah. materially change. Yeah. There's like this Angela Davis quote where she's like, am I supposed to be happy that a woman is in charge of the machinery of war because she's a woman? Right. Yeah. I'm not happy. About, I, I, yeah. I don't want that. And I think that like the, I think the show is in a kind of structural way, I think commenting on that in some, I'm not even sure how conscious it is. I think I think it's aware of that. I guess that it would probably that, be pretty conscious, yeah. Well, that's part of that, that was part of my point in that I think it's aware of that because I don't think it actually ever allows you to have that satisfaction because every time it gives it to you, it structures it in a su- in such a way that it's like, "Oh, here's what you were rooting for, but uh, 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 that's not actually that's not actually going to be how you want it." And so it's like it's constantly going up against it's constantly g- edging right up to like giving you what you want as a viewer and then like actually undercutting all the actual satisfaction from underneath that so whether it's the the three sibling siblings like going up finally going up again uniting against their father or tom finally standing up for himself or um greg's continuing arc it's like you you are confronted by i'm rooting for these characters to accomplish certain things but as they get closer and closer to what I'm rooting, like you're confronted by the fact that what you're rooting for, for them actually leads to like 
bad outcomes for them or like yeah or them doing things that you're like well but that's not good like i don't actually want tom i want tom to stand up for himself but i don't actually want tom to align himself with logan and turn even more and turn turn the 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 bigot spigot on even (laughs) more (laughs) i think I mean, and that's like a classic TV thing, right? Like right, yeah. every every great season of television ends with like, and they've won, but yes. at what cost? Yeah, yeah. And now you have to wait until the next season to figure it out. Yeah. But I think that you're really touching on something that is especially good about Succession, which is that all of those, but at what cost, are, um, they they are thematically connected to the victory. Right. Like it's not just. Like if I think back to like, Breaking it's not just Bad. an arbitrary like. Yeah, we'll staple on like a... the fourth season of Breaking Bad, right? Or the third season, both of those end with Walt. Spoilers: Walt wins. He doesn't die in either of those seasons, and he does so basically by killing other people. Yeah, and I think that at some point you're like, uh, like especially at the end of season four or whatever, and you're like, oh my god, he poisoned a kid, and there's like this huge i don't know like oh wow he's really slipped personally like he yeah. he has gotten worse but i don't think that that is actually connected to him trying thematically to him trying to survive gus fring right uh i think it's all connected in his like psyche of becoming whatever and we're not here to discuss <laughs> breaking, breaking bad. bad but like <laughs> i think you're really onto something about uh tom which is like you want him to stand up for himself and become an equal in his marriage with shiv Right. But in doing so, he totally, literally throws her down the stairs. Not literally. Figuratively <laughs> throws her down the stairs and marries uh, Greg, his, yeah, yeah. his castrated Sporus, right? Yeah. And it, it, he does become her equal, but in a way that makes them totally incompatible as, like, it ends their marriage, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And she can't prove that he did it or whatever, probably. I don't know. I don't know right. where they're going to leave that because it just ends right there. But and it's well it's it's reflected too in the tension of something you already talked about which is like Logan is trying to to craft himself out of it craft his like mini yeah. him I'm glad we came back to this through the fire else. and and so like if if the logic of Logan's world holds which is that like you have to become a killer to take out Logan it's like then if one of the kids actually do that we don't want that because then we just have another Logan on our hands. So it's like, it's, it, we and, want this and, like transformative change, but the only, but Logan has set it up so that the rules are that the only person who can succeed is the one that becomes him. Right. And, and I it, think and, the yeah. question mark in the show that, that you talked about earlier that where it kind of alludes to is like, is like, you know, th- this maybe isn't just like Logan's personal thing. Like maybe it's, something about this system that 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 like you know makes it so that these are the people who who succeed within the incentives that that look man are present we live in a society (laughs) we live in a society (laughs) um i wanted to i'm glad you brought that back up because uh one of the i think the best scene of the season is the scene with logan and kendall having dinner and uh, in the second to last episode, which I also think is the best episode of the show. Um, I know some people really like the finale, and that's cool. You can like that, but the second to last episode is perfect. Um, and Logan comes there 
and Kendall's like, I just want out, which is the thing that Logan has already offered him. And uh, he tries to negotiate whatever, but he probably would do it, except that Kendall says, I'm not like you. And when you hear him say that, like, it cuts to Brian Cox, and there's, like, a slow push in, and you can tell that that's the thing that he just can't handle. Yeah, yeah. Because that is the thing that he wants. He wants to create <clears throat> another version of himself, like a clone. And when he is seeing that taken away from him, that is the one thing he can't abide. It'd be one thing if he if he just if Kendall just wasn't cut for it like he just he just flunked out of out of Logan school or whatever but for him to be like I flunked out and it's because I'm fundamentally different than you that's the thing that he can't he can't yeah. deal with at all yeah. and that's the thing that sends him over the edge and just starts b- bullying him harder than he's ever bullied him before um yeah i think that that's one of the more the more fascinating things of the of the show. I was going to say something right after that, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll come back to you. Um, yeah. looping way back to something else you mentioned earlier. Uh, you briefly brought up kind of Greg's arc in this season. And I think this season really brought home for me how much I think he represents like the path of, so every other character is like somebody who's already like installed in this system of wealth, of capitalism, whatever. And Greg is like, here's a normal guy who starts out just like, you know, taking some hits in the car, puking out of Dodrick's eye holes. <laughs> and then like he goes on, a, he is on a trajectory towards the bottom of the top. And with no, his away little, from the endless middle and towards the bottom, bottom of the, the, t- the bottom of the top, the That's bottom right. of the top with all his, his army of Greg, Greg, 20 Gregs. Yeah. But like and he might be, you know, the second. What, what, I don't remember how he describes it, but one plane crash away from being the weirdest, oh, the weirdest prince in him. Yeah, king of in Europe. <laughs> Europe um, yeah. But I think he he really represents like this is how this is the path in a very humorous, like tongue in cheek sort of way. Uh, it, but he he's the show's version of like like l- the a normal guy. This is how a normal quote-unquote normal regular person becomes the monsters that we see in like the Roy family and Tom and like whatever it's like it's not just it's not just you were born into it and like you know there you're somehow magically a bad person because you have more money it's like as you as you sort of get deeper and deeper into this system there's a series of like compromises that he keeps making where who needs a soul yeah he goes from like having he goes from having you know there's a conversation i think about i forget which season it's in but like pretty early on it at tom's greg's days at atn with tom and he's like they have some kind of conversation in the hall where Greg's like, but I disagree kind of or something about my that. principles. Yeah. Yeah. My principles. And Tom like two, yeah. laughs at him and is like, well, you know, and then we, well, by the favorite, time we get to the end of season, yeah. it's like, he's boasting about suing Greenpeace. He's like climbing the, the dating ladder. He's, he's like, who needs a soul? Like all these things. And it's funny. It's, it's humorous. Like it's a little exaggerated, but I do think that's the show's like, that's the role get Greg is playing in the show to a certain degree, which is like, yeah, you know, it's not just, you know, a bunch of it, it. It keeps us from distancing ourselves like too much from these people. In that, it's like, uh, you know, 
regular people, given the opportunity, if they tried to rise the ranks, would probably land in like similar situations unless they really like stood by their principles. Right, because the only way that Greg really survives in this ecosystem is by playing the game. Yeah, right? and compromising. If he didn't, it, it's it's kind of Game of Thrones in that way, where it's like yeah. you either play the game or you die. Yeah, and. The only way he, the way it starts for him is that he saves those papers, the documents, when Tom tries to uh, get him to shred them, which is a key piece of leverage that he is then able to, to use to protect himself and also move up the ladder. And that leads to this other thing, and that leads to this other thing, and all of a sudden he's, yeah, he's here. The principles, by the way, that he, uh, he espouses, the, the Greg commandments, if you will, are... Uh, Thou shalt not lie if you're the news, and <laughs> he's against racism. <laughs> I'm against racism, and Tom says, bullshit, everyone's against racism. I'm against racism. And he says, and you shouldn't lie, you know, if you're the news. If you're the news. <laughs> um, yeah. Which I think are reasonable. Uh, I think they're reasonable. But, you know, who needs a soul? Because... He really wanted that money, and now Greenpeace has it. So, well, it's like uh, it's like Shiv says at the very. It, this is when they're playing Monopoly, uh, which is at the beginning of the the last episode. Oh yeah, and and she when Tom leaves, she like steals all of his money, um, and they're like, hey, I think like Willa is like, you stole that money, and she's like, I'm only stealing so I can win. Right. Yeah. And, and that's like the the ethos of the it's like i'm not stealing because i just like like it i i guess is like and i guess we we tend to like demonize these people who are in power we're like oh jeff bezos is trying to fuck over people because he's evil um which you know maybe who, who's to say but it's no it's because he's trying to win um and the system and the structures in place are all trying to th this is the only way to 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 exist in the system the same way with logan like the only way to beat logan is to kill logan which also ensures that he survives forever and that is like the genius of logan roy yeah is that yeah. he he can't be beaten because the only way to beat him is by becoming him in which case he wins because then he achieves immortality to, to some extent yeah um and i i don't know what the, i get the paradox is that you have to choose something from outside the box um which a, none of these characters are capable of doing, uh, clearly. And, and B, is it would be hard for anyone to do, right? Right. Like, yeah. that's asking a lot of any one person to change an, an entire uh, society, system, economic structure, right. whatever. Um, but I think, I mean, for me, that's, that's a big part of what makes it... Um, well, it's not what makes it interesting, but I appreciate that about the show. And that's ultimately for me why I don't see it as like a huge conflict of interest. You know, some people are like, well, should we be, and you know, is this a show that is in a sense like glorifying the actions of like these terrible wealthy people? And, sure. um, I mean, you could a common a common uh, talking point, especially after the first season. Right. Yeah. It's kind of died down it, now because I think has. a it's just so popular that people are like, and people like it so much that they're just not talking yeah. about it. But I also think that there were a lot of I did a lot of reading of these arguments back when I was 
writing my video. And one of the, one of the counter arguments is, yeah, but they're constantly humiliating these characters. Right. Like so much of the show is built on a combination of humiliating them publicly and just on a fundamental level that is hard to, hard to watch or comprehend. Um, that was one of the arguments that, um, uh, that they made in the, that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Megan Garber made in her essay about the bodily horrors of succession. She was like, this isn't glorifying the wealthy because we constantly are seeing them like piss their pants, shit the bed, vomit, like whatever else. Um, and then also uh, just the, the existential dread that is constantly hanging over this show. Like that is the emotion that I feel the most when I watch an episode is just dreading what is about to happen next. I remember the shareholder meeting, which was pretty obvious. It was the middle of the season. Like they weren't going to – it wasn't going to be like the worst possible outcome, whatever it was. But I'm just sitting there the entire time like, oh, my God, how is the dread – of not knowing what's about to happen. Yeah. Um, it, but knowing that it's not going to be great. I think the show at this point <laughs> has educated us to knowing that it's not going to be good. And if you look at where Waystar was at the beginning of the series, if we looked at it from like a business perspective, it seems to just be like slowly declining. Yeah. And they're like avoiding these massive pitfalls, but not really improving ever. They're just barely hanging on. They go, they're they're going from like trying to buy a tech company in season one to like being or and buying I guess ultimately buying Volter to being like bought by a, a, a tech company in at the end of season three. Yeah, they uh, they like narrowly avoid this like bear hug thing. Yeah, their their stock is like constantly getting a little lower all the time. It's tied to Logan's health. His health is obviously not great. I mean, the show starts with him. The first shot of the show is him peeing in the in, right. in the yeah. hallway of his, uh, and it's like orange. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> that's like the starting point for the show, and then later in the episode he has a stroke. So like, it's all just right. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't start from like an optimistic place. No. And um, I yeah, I think that I think I don't think that it is a very like glorifying of the wealthy show. But I do think that it is very good at showing, like, depicting our place in it right. and having empathy for that while yeah. also being like, but it's fucked up. And just, like, trying to navigate um, – I think one thing that also Americans are – that we, me, American, whatever, are easy – it's easy for us to forget is that even if you're, like, at the bottom of the American – capitalism ladder you're still like higher on the global capitalism ladder which also exists yeah and i think that it's easy to see even like the lowest bottom feeder of the roy family as like the like the poorest of the middle class of america or something like that yeah um and uh yeah i kind of rambled there but there we go no i i mean (laughs) yeah i i think i think i i think i pretty much agree and and part of what I was getting at was like, I think I don't have a problem with the show sort of humanizing these people because to me, that's part of what makes it like a good sort of critique or illustration of the situation. Because it's like, the issue isn't really that just like wealthy people are like bad people because they have a lot of money. It's like 
this system has set it up so that these are the people who are succeeding and uh, within that system. And so it's by by humanizing them, you paint a more you paint a more accurate picture, I think, of the scenario in that it's it's like it's just it's just they're peop- just people. They're just yeah. people. Yeah. And and like in that sense, they're not there's they're not like ma- they're not like magically different from from the average person in a way that it's like it, we it, in any way right really. in any way yes and so and so it's like well if they're not that different then what what is it that is leading to this environment yeah and it's like okay well then maybe the structural you know incentives the system capitalism yada yada you know is part is yeah, is, I think that's what stops it from becoming like sanctimonious. Just like right. yeah. capitalism is bad. Right. And like, okay, cool. I've heard it before. Like, I think that it, it is really good at showing A, that they're not especially, they didn't like earn their place. They're not like especially better at that. And that they're not especially worse. They're not like yeah. super evil people. They're They're certainly doing bad things and causing a lot of harm, but they're not like... They're not just, like, demonic. And I think that that is kind of the – probably the last shoe to drop for the show is kind of deconstructing the one evil character that they have, which is Logan. And I think that they've left a lot of breadcrumbs already. Um, And like I said, the thing that really stood out to me was how much more I felt like I understood him as a force this season. And I feel like that's kind of the final – the final, like – character development piece that yeah. they have to do and will do and i think that that's going to make a strong argument um i did want to ask you one question about um how you felt about that speech that logan gave in the final episode um there's a speech when lucas Matson, alexander skarsgård's character is like what do you think of the future man and uh uh, I have it here, but, but yeah, yeah. Logan, remind me, remind me what. Yeah, Logan said. is like, uh, oh yeah, I'm really excited for the future, and he's like, yep, are you? Um, it's like, well, that's something you say, isn't it? America, I don't know. When I arrived, there were these gentle giants smelling of fucking gold and milk. They could do anything. Now look at them, fat as fuck, scrawny on meth or yoga. They pissed it all away. And I've had people, I've had people ask me like what I think of that, and I was, I was curious like how you come down on that, that, um, sentiment that he, he is feeling towards, uh, the future. Cause that is like the show is like, what comes next? What is the, the next stage? I think, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything super, uh, I don't know if I have a super intelligent, I can, I can read on that. Do, do, yeah, sure. do you have, do you have I, thoughts yeah, and then maybe I'll try to, I do. I, I think that what he's really talking about is his like, children right and this idea that he has it's a callback i think to the first season um there's this when they're at austerlitz and they're having the family therapy session and kendall shows up drunk and he's he lays into logan and says you're so jealous of your own children because of everything you gave us you can't you can't process it you can't process this the this like wealth that you've given us yeah and I think that 
in some ways that this is kind of a distillation of like what the show is thinking about uh th- and this is a perspective that we hear in like i think like hardcore capitalist borderline fascist maybe people say where they're like oh we need harder times to create harder men to create good whatever it's and an I argument that echo- people have used for like why war is actually good maybe yeah it's like- <laughs> yeah and i think that he's saying some of that and i think that we're kind of getting to that at the end of the season where he's like i need to you need to make your own pile of stuff because i'm just going to throw this onto the top of mine and i can't help you anymore because yeah. this bullying thing is not working, so I'm just going to cut you off, cut you dry, which obviously they would still be probably fine. But I think that they're I'm, – I'm curious what the message is there about um, capitalism because I do think that that's what the show is ultimately about. And like where I think that they're coming down on the wealth of, of, of America and right. American business and stuff like yeah. that. I mean I think I think – I don't know if the the show is trying to say anything through that line specifically about um, sort of like the theme as a whole. Bes- besides, you know, part of my take would just be like seeing that l- even for Logan, who has pursued this sort of uh, ideal of success, um, of like building this mount his castle there's like an there's an emptiness to it because it's it's there's he's having this sense of like decline of this like image of like how things are supposed to go and uh you know there's this competition and like the best top guys fight over everything and they just keep making better and better stuff and like you know and it's like but but it is the competition that has turned his entire empire into mush, right? Right. And the and, internal competition. And it's ultimately like uh it's ultimately empty. Like he's in decline. It doesn't it doesn't really do anything for him. It didn't it didn't uh it like his I think you're I think I think you're right in that he's probably getting a lot of that feeling from his kids uh, where it's just like meth. You could even break it. What is it exactly? He says <laughs> meth, says yoga, meth and yoga. <laughs> is, are those are the only two things he lists though. Uh, yeah. He says fat as fuck scrawny on meth or yoga, which is just a ridiculous sentence to say. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they're both fat as fuck and scrawny on meth, meth or and, yoga and or yoga and or uh, yoga. He, yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't say that, but, uh, uh, I was just like, you could almost draw and they parallels. smelt of gold and milk. Apparently. Yeah. I don't know what that yeah. means either. I, I wasn't sure if he was having a stroke in the moment. When, uh, <laughs> he, uh, forgot to take his, his uh, pills and is having another he, UTI. He's piss mad again. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he almost nuked Belgium. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I maybe mean, I'm reading I think too much into that one. But I wouldn't. I, I don't know if I'd read that as prona- like a pronouncement towards the thesis of the show. But I definitely think it reveals Logan's character, uh, yeah, and and sort of his motivation and the weird feeling he has that like, you know, even though he keeps up this image, like things, there's there's even. Even though, like, the system kind of is the one that's built by the guys of his ilk, 
or, or you know, and his his penchant for like you all gotta you know fight over it, and then the may the best man win, like that is the system that's that's in operation. Uh, there's then that's why he keeps winning because yeah. that is the system. Um, even though that's the system in place, he, there's he doesn't feel good about it. You know, it's not like it's not like oh yes, I got what I I've been getting what I've wanted. I keep winning, so boy, ha- like this is great. You know, it, it's like no, he doesn't feel good about it either. It's like, and that's that's a little bit of like the I think that's like the golden piggy of money hanging over everything mm. is like is uh, I think like everybody everybody who's not at the top keeps thinking well the problem is not the system the problem is that I'm not at the top the problem is that there's still higher left to climb and I think in reality this is why we see like guys like Bezos like literally going to space because it's like yeah it's like you you cl- you climb up this ladder because you believe like if I climb this ladder, that's the point. You win, like, and then that'll that'll make me feel like I won. Whatever, right? You yeah. know, great. I, like I'll have transcended into some sort of like, you know, this is the driving force of my life. And then you do that, and then you get to the top, and guess what? It's like you're still you. You know, the world yeah. is still the world. Nothing has changed, and it's like, so what's left to do? I get, I guess, get another five bill for my pile or go to space or, you know, something. And so I think we see that sort of like the emptiness of it, like reflected in Logan where it's like, he yeah, might I be, he might be in, winning, but yeah, he's not happy. I think about you it. see that in Tom, right? Like, yes, Tom is very, has done amazingly. Like he, Kendall says this in, in the, when they meet in the, like, what is it? Like a Denny's? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I respect the hell out of you. Like you came from basically nothing and you are now in the inner inner circle and but we also see that like throughout the entire series tom is constantly comparing his success to others yeah. like he's never happy for someone else's success uh like when greg finally like figures out what he's gonna like he's like oh let's game plan this let me let me help you and he's like oh well it sounds like you already got it figured out yeah i i'm useless like i he's not like happy that he's got it figured out he's not happy for other people's success he just starts comparing himself to them and yeah i think you're i think you're onto something there uh, what do you what do you um not like in terms of predictions i guess we'll kind of end here but like where are you kind of looking for the show to or expecting it the general direction to go like what are you what are you most interested in seeing happen next because for me i think it is that like development of i think for the first couple seasons it was how do these characters relate to logan and each other and now i think that i am kind of pivoting into okay what is logan himself how does he tick because i think that they're all living in logan's world and until we really understand who logan is i don't think that we can fully understand what the rules of that world are or, or what and i think we have a decent idea obviously but I think that we don't really understand the human aspect of it fully yeah, yet. Yeah. 
I would, I'd be super interested if they went the direction of like developing his character a little bit more. I think one of the interesting things is that in terms of perspective, I think the show kind of limits, um, keeps us from Logan's perspective a lot of the time. Like, Definitely, I don't yeah. feel like it limits, like, I feel like I understand Roman's position, Shiv's position, Connor's, Kendall's, like, I know where they're coming from. It's not like hiding their motivations from me. Uh, most of the time but like I definitely feel like the show will kind of obscure Logan and I think that's because the the show is using that dramatically because the show is coming from the direction of the kids usually and like not knowing you know what he's thinking who's he gonna really who's he gonna choose or whatever is part of the dramatic tension he's um, also just such an amazing liar yeah right? yeah uh so I I think delving deeper into that perspective would be would be a really interesting direction for the show to, to take um it's interesting we we talked about kind of the show settling into a formula that kind of worked for this season but it really does and they may be able to do that again but it really does feel like it'd be super weird if it was it, Connor. It i don't would know be weird. I think it would feel really weird yeah it feels like there's more of a pivot that would have to happen going into season four where it's like the siblings have the three siblings have united, um, and and you assume Connor's in there somewhere, right? And that like, would make a shift. They did loop him in while they did layer him in on right. the drive over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they're gonna take it. I think um, I'm I'm interested to find out. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the tra- trajectory looks like. In some ways, like. I don't know what the show looks like if the company is actually like sold and that's that. And like the, the siblings Mm. are kind of like out and it's just like Logan and you know, if they're not all together at Waystar, like what does the show look like or war? Yeah. Do you end up in a, in a like veep towards the end of veep when they're out of the white house and then they're running again. Right. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, I do have a lot of faith in them to, yeah, it sounds like they have a plan, and even if they didn't, I would have a lot of faith in them to kind of figure it out. Yeah, um, I think it'll be. I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be good, even if they do something like that. Like, but it's just hard for me to. I'm not. I'm not a writer. I'm not a Jesse Armstrong as talented as Jesse Armstrong, so I can't imagine uh, what direction yeah. uh, no, things are going to go. But yeah, I, I do think. I think. I mean, ultimately, like, I don't think. I mean, we've talked in the last video we did about Succession and in this one, and you've done a video about it, like about the show having kind of this thesis that it's moving towards. Um, And I think it is really intelligent in how it constructs a commentary. Uh, But I do think it's in in some ways like another show that I really love, like Better Call Saul. Um, Also love, yeah. uh, I think it's it's very intuitive in how it just kind of like follows the characters on like what feels like a logical progression for them. Um, and, and is headed for whatever path, like it's almost like determinant. Like you get, you spin up these characters, you get their motivations going yes, and you lay them all in. And then it's like, 
it's off and it's a simulation and the show's just going to go where the characters take us from here uh, and yeah. you kind of have to follow the logic of those characters and that can lead to some really unexpected results like i wouldn't have i wouldn't have imagined that logan would choose to sell the company uh if you had asked me at the beginning of even this season but like the way they constructed it it makes sense by the time we get there um that that's something that that he would do so i feel like we're gonna get to a point where in this next season or the or maybe season five or whatever where we're going to they're going to play off our expectation of not believing logan and he's going to be telling the truth or not lying right yeah because i remember the entire time when they were like when he was like trying to talk to roman in that scene at the end I was like, don't believe, don't trust him. You know you can't trust him. You know you can't, you know you can't. Like, we all know that you can't. And I think sooner or later, there's going to be exactly that kind of poetic undercutting of they they should have believed him because he actually did tell the truth for once or or something like that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That satisfying. I mean, I'm sure it will be very unsatisfying in the most satisfying way. (laughs) I think the show will continue to, to... Give us just like like towards the end of the season two, they gave us exactly what we wanted. We're finally like, oh yes, Kendall. And then like you get two episodes in into this season, and you're like, no, Kendall, like not not even like a couple yeah, scenes, yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh geez, stop not talking like to this. women this no, way. <laughs> like this is not what we wanted. This is not the Kendall, you know. And I, uh, so I think it'll keep doing that. I mean, I don't I don't foresee the show giving us anything that's like. Uh, you know, wow, this really, this really like makes me feel good. <laughs> I think that it's, I think that it's one of the few like great TV shows left. I feel weird saying that because there are so many good TV shows. Um, Better Call Saul's another one where it's, I don't feel like, I, maybe they have, maybe they had this plan the entire time. I don't think they did because they were thinking about killing Logan at the right, end of yeah. season one. <laughs> um, but this idea that you were just talking about, where you kind of fire up these characters, you construct them as fully as possible, and you just kind of see where stuff goes. And you follow stuff that kind of develops, and you're like, oh, you kind of discover them. And you're like, oh, this is a really interesting dynamic between Roman and Jerry. And you, like, explore that, and then you go do this other thing. And, yeah. uh, I mean, Vince Gilligan and his team and Peter Gold are, like, famous for doing this, like, at the beginning of season five of Breaking Bad they show you this like uh, automatic rifle in Walt's truck. Right. Yeah. And they like famously they were like, yeah, know. we didn't know what we were going to do with that. Yeah. Um, we just wrote ourselves into a corner. I think this is what the best shows do. They write themselves into a corner and the best shows can write themselves out. Yeah. And the worst, and shows the worst ones don't. don't. <laughs> and, and that's why you get such wildly different results with TV yeah, where sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, wow, that was awful. That was just that show just shat the bed yeah. and that show did great. And what is the difference? They just one was able to write themselves out of the corner and one was yeah. not. Yeah. And that's uh, that's the end of that. But I don't think I think writing yourself into the corner is just as important as writing yourself right. out, because if you don't give yourself that kind of depth, that kind of um, that room to play, because you've just. If you, I think it's hard to hide from an audience if you know what the ending is right. the entire time, because yeah. they'll also kind of figure it out because you, you, there's no way to hide it. But if you don't know, then they can't know either. <laughs> I do have one prediction, which is that uh, 
and I don't think I said it in the last succession video we did. I almost did, okay. but I'll put okay. it in. I'll put it in. Uh, I'll seal it in digital uh, time now for so all, all three hundred people that reached the end of this. Yeah, yeah. Spot. <laughs> um, I think Greg Greg is Succession's <laughs> Brant. I'm riding Greg all the way to the top. I think Greg <laughs> is the one who succeeds at the end. <laughs> I love it. I. You know, that would be one of those, I'm glad Greg won, but I'm so sad that Greg won. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would, would be exactly what you're talking about. It would be a sort of poetic, uh, uh, yeah, it would, yeah. There's a plane <laughs> crash, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think we covered a lot of it. There's there's, covered, there's, so, there's much more. so much more. We, we should probably we wrap covered. it up. There's so much more we could have talked about. Uh, one thing I do want to give a shout out to is um, I've really enjoyed uh, for Vox, Emily Vanderwerf uh, yep. wrote an She's article excellent. called The Four F's of Trauma Response and the Four Roy Kids of Succession. And um, I think her take on the show is really good. She talks a lot about uh, how kind of like each of the kids sort of can represent like a response to trauma, like Con Connor being flight, Kendall being fight, uh, Shiv being fawn, and um, Roman being freeze. freeze. And <laughs> you you he, see he that definitely freeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's indisputable. You you like in that van ride over in the finale, he's literally like freezing up and then like overcoming that. Uh, I, w I do want to give a shout out to just Kieran Culkin this season. Oh, dude, because I mean, all the actors are great. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like, I'm I'm not trying to say that. He, like he's better than everyone else or like they're not good or whatever. But I want to give like a special shout out because he took a character who was pretty established and he's still playing like all of the same lines. Like he's still doing all of the same, he's still the same character, but he gets like this weird kind of confidence as the season goes on, as he becomes like the more favored son. Yeah. And he, and it becomes like snarkier and he's playing he's saying all of the same insults and at one they used to be kind of like obviously covering for his insecurity he'd be yeah. like this is what it looks like when you solve all your problems and then he's like no this is what it looks like when you solve all your problems and yeah. it becomes more serious and uh self-aggrandizing and and like meaner too meaner towards, yeah. yeah and then and then but it's very subtle and then they rip it away at the end too, and yeah. he's and it and he's able to play all of those things, like in between the lines, and it yeah. is um, is phenomenal. I, is, one of my favorite line readings in the entire series is when they finally convince him to in the car ride that you were just talking about, and they're like, "Are you in?" And he's like, "Okay, fuck, okay," <laughs> and I think that that's just like I that one just I I felt that one so. Yeah, his his uh, his performance in that final scene. Um, I don't know like, how he got that vein to pop out of his head. Yeah, but that was great. Yeah, we see we see Roman just like totally laid bare there, uh, and uh, and then also his his um, him up against Jeremy Strong when they're when he's in the the dirt and he's just like making jokes. But like doing it in a way that is totally believable as sort of this like comforting, like but also enabling and like uh, yeah, it's another example of them 
of you feeling warm towards these characters like oh wow he's actually comforting him and then you remember and you check yourself and you're like oh no he's he's com he's comforting him about like assisting it like killing someone yeah yeah like we can talk about we can i guess debate whether it was murder or whatever i guess that's what roman would say whether it was manslaughter or <laughs> right, how much right. he was at fault <laughs> he's like, like it sounds like it's not that bad kendall it's actually it actually sounds more like a manslaughter than a murder if you're actually you sound like a hero honestly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and it, it's one of those things where it's like both you care for them more and yeah also realize that they're even worse than you thought they were yeah it's satisfying and terrible at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Incredible. we didn't even we didn't even we didn't even get to um, the the uh, New Yorker profile about uh, about oh Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even the the thing about the New Yorker profile isn't even the New Yorker profile. It's the discourse. <laughs> the discourse and the and Aaron Sorkin's response to it. Yeah. Oh is, yeah, yeah. Is my favorite. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin's response. Um, yeah, through are... Jessica Chastain, who one of I was, oh my god, one of the um, one of the top like replies on Jessica Chastain's tweet about it for me, anyways. I guess the top replies are always different for whoever it is, but it was another staff writer at the New Yorker, and they were like, "Sorry, Jessica, I can't take you seriously because you start in Zero Dark Thirty, which is CIA propaganda," and I was like, <laughs> "What?" I was like, there's a time and a place, and yeah. that's not it. <laughs> She's oh just out my. here catching strays. I don't know. It's wild. Yeah. Oh, man. Good times. Well, su Succession, Secession, Season 3, great show. Best show on TV this year. Without uh, a doubt. And we look forward to Season 4 and whatever else the show has to offer. In, in another two years or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jackson, where can people find you and your video about why succession is about climate change? Kind of, if for whatever godforsaken reason, somebody what has watched all of this and is not a person who <laughs> that would be <laughs> already watched honestly, whoever you are, you're rude. And, um, uh, you can find it at skip intro. Um, I'm on Twitter at skip intro YT. The YT stands for YouTube. I know I'm <laughs> clever like that. <laughs> uh, uh, and yeah. I'm Thomas Flight. I'm already, you're you're already on my on one of my channels. So. <laughs> yeah, I hope you I hope you know. Yeah, you can you can read all my Patreon uh, succession recaps. Yes, maybe I'll there's, maybe I'll do season four. There's maybe. very fun uh, power rankings for all the episodes uh, where um, Jackson kept kept very scientific track of who was in the lead and look if you don't losing. believe in my lists they're scientifically <laughs> decided so you don't believe in science and that's yeah. the hill i'm dying on yeah exactly <laughs> very good well uh All thanks right. thanks everybody for listening uh and we'll be back at some point with a discussion about Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch a. You should watch Yellow Jackets. If we should talk about Yellow Jackets, I have to check I'm that obsessed out. Obsessed with the show. I need a show. I need a show because Survivor ended. Succession okay, this is ended. perfect because Survivor just ended, and it's Lost meets American Horror Story. It's wild. Great. I'll. I'll uh, How do you feel go. about cannibalism? Um, I don't want it to happen to me. I'm. Mm, 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 mm. Uh. 
interesting. <laughs> Might be a barrier for entry for this okay. show. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Um, uh, shout out to uh, How To With John Wilson, the most underrated show on television. Maybe not we'll, by me. Maybe we should not do by it. me. Maybe Number we should three. do a, a discussion about that. We need to champion. Oh, I would love that, actually. We need to do a champion. Or I've, I've been <laughs> thinking about making a video about him in the show, but I'm worried that nobody will watch it. I, kn- I also had the same thought, but I was like, it probably needs to be done anybody anyway because people should be watching it. It's uh, it's great. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. We'll, Long we'll, outro. We'll see you later. <laughs>